we sitting here, I supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We ain't talking about the game. What are we talking about? We're talking about practice, man. Knocked away by Cheeks and a steal. Cheeks will use up the clock. What's good, y'all? Uptown Tone back, episode five of the Four 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 podcast, season two. Back in color, back in video. Got my good friend Scooter Wilkinson on the on the on the pod today, and cousin John. Man, y'all know cousin John. Cousin John, friend of the pod, sports writer, uh, just overall uh, Philly guy, man. So, um, how y'all gentlemen feeling tonight? Good, man. It's a good night. Good, to, glad to be here. I'm live from my daughter room. I'm gonna close the door. I'm gonna walk off the mic for two seconds. Close my close the room. Close the door and all that. Get the aviance right. Right, you know right. <laughs> we gonna keep going. I'm right here though. One second. I'm right here though. Right. I go nowhere. The acoustics must be real good. Definitely is. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna close the door to make sure it don't mess up. You feel me? <laughs> yeah, I feel you. All right, man. So, um, Sixers. Uh, this is the Sixers podcast, fo fo fo. I'm pretty sure I don't need to explain that saying to you guys. Y'all know what it is. You know what you're here for. Uh, I want to start with the elephant in the room, and that's JoJo putting up that 50 burger the other night, man. Um, if 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 you hadn't seen it before, if you hadn't been watching, uh, if you only been paying attention to the murmurs, um, I think I think that night it was on display because it was like 30 wasn't enough. He's been giving you 30 a night, like he's he's at 30 a night. But it's like that particular night, it's like playing every time down the floor is getting tossed down into him. He's being so dominant. He's showing you a plethora of moves. He's not he's not BSing and being lazy, uh, selling for jump shots a lot. When he is, his jump shots are off the move. They're off of moves. They're, they're, they're very aggressive jump shots that, you, that, that you'll take. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's just a breath of fr- a fresh air for real, for real, man. Just everything that he's been through uh, injury-wise, uh, just with the process. Um, for him to to internalize what the fans been saying, what the coach has been saying, what all the talking heads been saying, like I've been saying this whole season, and for him to come out each and every night and perform and be that guy that not only you can rely on, but you kind of see a turn in him, like he wants to like he wants to dominate and be that guy not only here but in but league wide. It's a thing to see, man. So the floor is open. So I think that it's two things with watching Joel Embiid have the season that he's having, performing the way he's performing. And one, Tony, you mentioned he just seems a lot more comfortable. Um, he's not second-guessing himself. The pump fake at the top of the key, dribble, potentially go to the basket, potentially, like, try to pull up mid-range. Like, you're not seeing that move at all. Like, that's not his go-to. He's showing you a lot of other moves in his arsenal. Um, even down to, like, getting the ball – late in quarters there's it doesn't seem he doesn't seem rushed right regardless of who the defender is that's on him and at some at times they are high level defenders that he's putting up these points again which is crucial um that's number one the second point and I don't think it gets enough credit is the impact that Dwight Howard has in the locker room you got to think like Dwight Howard literally went through everything that Joel Embiid is going through I came to a city 
I was the cool guy. Everybody was all right with that until we started taking L's. Now y'all asking me to change my role. I don't like that. I get emotional because we lose in the playoffs to Kawhi Leonard. Y'all don't like that either. And I think that having someone of the White Howard's caliber there just coming off a chip, having literally going full circle in the league, I think that plays a factor. Um, and, and, and Joel and B really just embracing the role that a veteran Dwight Howard plays on the team. It's done nothing but um, help him out this season. I think Dwight was big, and Dwight was big because – and Dwight chose to come here because he had a deal in L.A., and he kind of, like, backed out on some last-minute stuff, and that was weird, which, I mean, just Dwight Howard does some different type of stuff. But <laughs> – um, he he does he did help a lot, but I think the biggest thing is and the elephant in the room and the thing that we're not gonna address is that it's a black man coaching him now. And it's a black man that knows basketball that's dominant, that's gonna hold him accountable. And that's the biggest thing is that that's why a lot of these younger players need like Doc Rivers is not just a coach. He's a father figure. Like he cares about his players. And there's nothing like going out there to play for a guy that cares about you. People could talk about Doc's X and O's and all that stuff like that. I watched this All the Smoke interview, and I sat there and watched all two hours of it. And, it, and he's one of the best interviews ever because he could sell salt to a he could sell salt to a snail. <laughs> and he basically said when the first day of training camp when he had Joe Embiid in there, he was telling him that I need you to be dominant. And Joe Embiid was like, Yeah, you know, I'm good. So he threw him the ball, and he was like, They're gonna double me right here. Doc Rivers was like, That's what I want them to do. <laughs> he said the whole he said i want you to engage double teams i want you to be that guy like i want you to be that and and when you got somebody telling you i want you to be special it's hard not to be special like you, you're going to be special man and everybody already knew joe and b was really really good everybody already knew that but doc is putting a system around him to be great and he he doing it. You see the same thing with Ben, man. It's impressive. But I always tell people like, that one of my coaching. He's one of the guys I like. I would like to be with, be like as a coach, because he cares about his guys. And this is the right team for Dot at the right time. Things happen at the right time and the right things. And I think they got a chance to really take out Brooklyn. That's the hard. I think that's the hardest monk. That's the monkey in the room is Brooklyn. Yeah. And I, I always I, I was against them necessarily like letting Harden get to Brooklyn because I was like, man, we just don't want this dude to go to Brooklyn. Because I, I, I'm i from Philly, so I'm going to cheer for Philly in the absent mind. I was like, you just don't want this dude to go to Brooklyn. And they let him go there, <laughs> which I'm just like, ah. And I know how good Harden is. I'm a big, I'm probably one of the biggest Harden fans. And I think that Doc believes that he can outcoach that. Yeah. And sometimes as a coach, you want a lesser team. So you can coach and you want guys that are listen rather than having a dominant team and they just play it out. Just play you, at the end of the day, just play on one accord. Go ahead, John. Do you think that it's, it was a matter of being able to outcoach it or realizing that what they would have had to give up, it wouldn't have worked for their team? It, it could be a combination. I think one, I think two things could be true. I think when you look at it and you see that you, I think when you look at it and you see, damn, maybe we don't want to give up this much in that same breath, you probably say, and, I feel like I, we can use because I don't want to give that up. We I can coach this to beat that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's kind of like your mindset. Yeah, it could be two. It could definitely be two things that's yeah. true at the same time. But 
you if that if you really believe that's true, people is not as smart basketball minds as as they think they are. Because there's no way when you see an MVP on the market, you do not go after that. I don't care what you have to give up. If you can keep your best player and get an MVP with your best player, you always go after. That's the rule of thumb in basketball. You can if you get two MVP type of players, you always got it. You got a shot. You just piece it together. Especially, I mean, especially I would disagree from the land in your division too. I would I disagree. Think. It's like that's why the Houston Rockets got rid of. James Harden, like that's why it didn't work. Didn't get with rid of him. Also, West, I'm sorry, but that's you see what I'm saying. Like it didn't work. Good, wait, Seinfeld said it best. So my man, <laughs> he said, "Wait, I didn't get canceled. Right. I got off the air. I chose to close this. Like he, right. they tried right. their best to put things around him to keep him there. So don't say they got rid of him. He wanted to leave. True indeed. True indeed. So like it didn't work with Houston with James Harden. It didn't work with Russ there. Like I think the idea of just oh, we can get two really good guys that are talented that are MVPs and the rest will figure itself out. I don't know. I think we've seen teams try and fail at that. And not to say that they were trash, but if the, if the ultimate goal is to win a championship, it's not NBA Jam. Like, you need, two MVP, name, two, name, two, name two teams that had two MVP players at peak performance that didn't work. Because Kevin Durant and Steph Curry were at peak performance. Russell Westbrook wasn't at peak performance when he got there. This ain't this still triple-double Russ, but this is the lowest shot percentage he ever got there. Chris Paul was at the downturn of his career. He wasn't at his peak when he got there. And they lost to the champions every time, the eventual champions. Did it work or did it not really work? Like, it worked. Like, it went to game seven. They they took them the furthest anybody ever took them. It worked, yo. It worked. My theory is like you're either winning when you're considered one of the upper echelon teams, you're either winning a championship or you're not. No, so they, they were considered one of the upper echelon teams because they made it like that. They created their own destiny. Houston was not an upper echelon team. It's not like these dudes are like Harden, Tucker, Ariza, Bob Butte. You look at them, you're like, yo, they got a squad. No, Harden made them have a squad. Every night he coming and doing what he do is making it realistic that we got a chance to win a championship and in the nba it's the one sport where no matter how people slice it and dice it sometimes you just don't have enough sometimes it's not written in the forecast for you and as long as for me i don't judge guys from champions because i think every measure if they would have beat golden state it would have been more of a disappointment for golden state than it would have been an achievement for the rockets because golden state with kd if they lose because that was the first when they first had kd they almost right. lost to them. Right. They, as soon as KD got there, imagine the newsways would have happened if they'd have lost in seven to the Rockets. It'd have been a failure. What was y'all doing? Uh, what the hell, what was going on? You got KD and Steph, two of the best scorers and most efficient players of all time in their era on the same team. So it, and then you got Klay Thompson sitting over there. Right. <laughs> you got Clay just sitting there waiting, like, yo, I'm going to hit that shit. Like, so it's like, you know, it's hard. The story be like, people be writing these stories and they go in and they don't really sit, th sit there and read the whole script. Harden beat his script of basketball. So any dude that beat his script of basketball, the script was wrote for him to be a sixth man of the year, not to be an MVP candidate. He rewrote the script. So when rewriting the script, the Rockets were not supposed to be contenders. That was not supposed to be in the cards. <laughs>
I feel you. So, so in the um, in the spirit of talking about contenders and talk about championship teams and what it takes to get there, uh, I've been asking everybody who come on the show these questions. And um, do you think that we need another piece? And if so, who who would it be? I know a lot of names have been thrown out there before. The top two in the league, Bradley Bill, Zach Levine, but I don't think we're going to be able to land either Not one of them. Be able to do that. Exactly. A lot <laughs> more realistic names have been coming down the fold. I've been hearing a George Hill. I've been hearing a Kyle Lowry. I've been hearing a Scary Terry. Um, what are your <laughs> thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> and and Terry Rozier. Yeah, Terry Rozier. Is, is yeah. We're, we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna chap it up. And I want to toss this out there because it's also a um hot topic, and it's also on our docket tonight. But keep in mind, keeping uh, this question in mind, uh, the Rockets and Demarcus Cousins are expected to uh, part ways in the coming days. So um, I had a question. Somebody asked me, "How do I think Boogie is here? I don't want Boogie here. I think Dwight and Joel is enough, and we need more playmakers." But I do see. A lot of these contenders and people who are in the, in the mix looking and going after uh, uh, the likes of a DeMarcus Cousins. So um, start with who do you think the Sixers need? Uh, do you like these names that are being thrown out there? Do you have any names of your own? And then we can kind of open that up to the league and just the moving and shaking that will probably happen uh, before the trade deadline comes. Um, I like – It don't matter. Just give me a fire off. Oh, okay. Play, play with the hand that you dealt. Like, play with the hand that you got. Like, this hand that you currently have is the number one team in the East, right? Obviously, the the Nets are the Nets. They're a three-headed monster. But if you can keep developing young guys, if you can see what Maxi can bring you, because I think that you mentioned, I think defensively they're solid. I think that what you're looking to bring in is somebody else to get you buckets. The question is, how does that affect the chemistry of the lineup as it's currently rolling? Mm-hmm. So is is are you bringing in another guard and then that guard is taking away minutes from Quirk Miles, who I don't love at all. But then are you throwing Quirk Miles on the court and saying, yo, give me give me 10 minute a game Quirk Miles in, in a four minute stretch. Like, are you asking him to do that? Is he capable of doing it? How does that how does that affect the dominoes for the rest of your squad? If we worried about Quirk Boss, we worried about the wrong damn thing. This is what I, this is my only problem with Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. You, you, y'all play two sides. And y'all want it to be one way when it's one way. If you're going to go after the chip, go yeah. after the chip, bro. This is not 1992. No, In 1992, I... you could do this. You could do this. How y'all doing it is perfect. In 1992, 94, yeah. 95, well, 92, because 95, 96, 97 was when it started transitioning. When oh. Penny and Shaq started beefing in Orlando, that long-term stuff was over with. You can't go 10 years, because Hakeem Olajuwon still with the Rockets for 12, 13 years, and you just consistently just built, 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 let pieces fall off, let him fall off. Dog, you know the next thing you do, if you if you if don't go somewhere, and then Ben, they looking at Ben, next thing you know, Ben like, yo, I want to be out. Now you're not getting nothing for Ben. Right. As soon as he acts out, and that's what I said, the, the NBA just go from year to year now. It's a different game. I get that. What I'm saying is middle of the season to just say, oh, we're bringing you here because of what you've done in the league, and then just expecting that to work out on the team. Like, you, that that time period to do that is short because then you still got – you're going to the playoffs and you're playing Bucks second round. You're playing Are, are you good enough to beat them right now? I think so. In how many games? Six. If you got to go six, that means you could go seven. 
If you can't say, I'm going to beat these teams in five or four, you need to make a move. Scoot is coming with his Because <laughs> it's like once you say what six or seven, anybody could win. Like you could say anybody want to win. That's what I'm saying. They evenly match. You want to tip the scale because Brooklyn is like, we beating everybody in five. That's how they coming with it. And that's how they played it this season. Like we beating everybody in five and we going to, we facing Lakers. So what is your move? You say you don't want you don't want a big. What's your if move? You, if you if you don't have to give up Tobias, Ben mm-hmm. or JoJo, which the, them two with them three is, is untouchables right now. Any piece you can add that can 16, 17, 18 points in a half court setting, Terry Rozier would be perfect here because you can have him long term too, and they could build over time, and that would go into what y'all already saying. That would be perfect. But on some short term, do you recall Terry Rozier trying to? Figure it out in Boston? Terry Rozier never had to figure it out in Boston. He went from a rookie to a second year to a third year player. Once he hit his third year, he went from not getting no minutes to getting minutes behind Kyrie and then hitting shots and bless who face and calling him Blessing. He was balling. <laughs> what I'm saying is like as far as them winning games during the he never had they always was in the playoffs, bro. Why Terry was not like- why you single out Drew Blesso of everybody, dog? Why you? What, Shout what out you to know? my man Eric Blesso, man. Bless my man. He, Bless he did say, said, I don't even know boy's name. Boy, Cross, he sent him out of him. That's why. Yeah, said, I don't even know his name. So, you know, he said, Shout out to Drew Blesso. I'm wearing the Drew Blesso jersey. Like, that's swag right there, bro. Like, right. that boy, good. I watched Terry Rozier on a nightly basis put up a dub. That boy, good. I don't got. I don't know if MJ moving him. MJ might give him the bag because <laughs> MJ, MJ don't tank. We know Jordan to take the AFC any day. So how do y'all feel about George Hill or Kyle Lowry? I, I mean, for if we talking about just playmakers, if we talking about people, because I feel like one of our weaknesses uh, is two that I, two that I see is one is down the stretch uh, decision making when the game is close and when the game gets tight. Sometimes we get stagnant and we can't get a bucket. We can't score. That's why we need another playmaker. I feel like. Last night, yeah, and when ben- last night was a perfect example of it, and you cannot go into the playoffs like that. Like you can't go in like that. And even and even earlier in the game, when Ben is getting his uh, his breathers earlier in the game, we kind of get stagnant also because when Ben goes out, we don't have another playmaker. Shake Milton just came back in the lineup last night, but you kind of want Shake Milton to be that professional scorer coming off the bench versus being a playmaker and trying to get other people involved. Um, me personally, that's that's how that's how I, I would love Shake. Just worry let's, about scoring. Let's keep it 100. We'll keep it 100. If Kyle Lowry could come here and Kyle Lowry being from North Philly and wanting to win, if he wants to come here, because the Philly dudes don't sometimes don't want to come here. Right. But if he wants to come here, Shake going to shake himself out the door. Because <laughs> sh- first and foremost, Kyle bring defense. Kyle know how to play the game. You don't have to worry about Kyle on any any angle or any everything, and he gonna bring that a nuisance. Do and he know where to put the ball at. And he can say this now. Yep, and he got a ring. He and got he chance, and he been at every conference finals known to man in the last already, five years. And he already he's already played on the highest stage at every other level here at home. And I think that that would be the 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 what they call it the uh, cap off. That would yeah, cap his career off. Yep. If he on the bubble for Hall of Fame, he come here in Philadelphia and win it. He be Hall of Fame in the Massachusetts. He Hall of Fame in Philadelphia. Yep. And it depends if Kyle, because Kyle don't, you know how Kyle moved. Kyle might not even want to be here. You know what I'm saying? But I think it would be perfect. If you could get Kyle, George Hill, no, just stay what you got. No. I think a 2020, I think a 2021 Kyle might, might 
I, I want to disagree with you, Scoop. I think a 2021 Kyle might want to be here just for the reasons that I just said. He got I'm a not- he got the ring. I know. I'm just, and this is just me. This is my hot take. This is me, my opinion. But he got the ring now. And the reason why I think a lot of guys don't want to come home is because they want to stay focused. They know, they know us. Like, you know I mean when the twins come home, they know they're gonna come holler at Scoop. You know, Scoop, you know, Scoop gonna be with the shits on some kind of level, or you know what I'm saying, you know, you kind of wanna be focused and stay focused. But I think at this at this juncture in the road in his career, I think that Kyle is Kyle. He's already solidified and I don't disagree with you. And you're also looking at the idea of like how long is he here for? Because this is a bubble season. So like you're here, but you don't got to worry about the nuances that you normally would have to worry about tickets, getting people to game, all that other like outside stuff. If you don't, if if you have to get rid of Tyrese Maxey for him, I don't know. Like I kind of look at it a little funny. I'd rather give, but I would give up a first round pick for him instead of a, a player that's already there. I, I, me, and that's, and I know this is my bias. If anybody's listened to any of the previous episodes this season, but I'm, it's hard for me to give Tyrese because I just see, I'm trying to have foresight. I'm trying to work on foresight in life, and he's somebody that I'm just, I look at four or five years down the road. He's gonna be one of them bulls, man. And like, just, I, don't he, I don't know if he's gonna be that in a Sixers uniform. And that's, I know, and that's, you took the words right out of my mouth, Scoop. I want to, I want him to be, but. It but, might actually take him not being in our uniform for him to become that. But this is but this goes back to the earlier conversation. I was talking about like minutes. Quirk out there because I know that Tone, you aren't a Quirk Moss fan. But at the end of the, the, end he of the day, he be shutting me the fuck up so much. Like he, <laughs> he be, it's like he be hearing me, dog. Like and I, it frustrates me, but it's it's, it's all contributing to win. So I'm not complaining, man. Yeah, no. Like at the end of the day, if you're saying that like we have something here with Maxi. Do you sacrifice that? Because saying, all right, cool. Max, are you in the building? We're keeping you here. But Kyle is getting some of your minutes. Now he has to figure out what his role is in that versus just saying, listen, go out here, do your thing. Do the dribble hesitation. Get to the basket floater. Like, just work on that. Right, Like, right now, that's what he's giving you. He's perfecting that in his – he's giving you that in his skill set. You keep switching that up, he ends up not – you don't know what you have after four or five years. Moving him to get somebody else who's veteran to get the go right now. Allow him to build, have the foresight to say, yes, we're rocking with him. He can develop or no, I'll get him out of here, but not now. Okay. I'm going to tell y'all a story. Go ahead, Scoop. There was a team with um, three MVP candidates, right? And it was in the middle of America. And they went to the championship and lost. And they never, ever, 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 ever went to the championship again. Because they were sitting back developing players consistently. A lot of players left. Do you want to be that team? Like, I, I think you go for it. You have to go for it. Like, just go for it. You'll draft. Guards are a dime a dozen. We just ran through all these guards that we found that were good. There's a guard in every draft. Like, we could easily just go back and say, yo, one year, Joe and B, Ben Simmons, y'all, y'all not playing this year. We're going to get another guard in the draft. We gonna get it's a it's Tyrese Maxey, Derrick Rose. If you go no, but if you go for it, I don't want to answer that question. Is that his ceiling? Is I want to answer that question in like three years, dog. Like is that his ceiling? No, is that his ceiling? You go for it, you don't go for number one seed in the league, and you're like, all right, we gonna shuffle the number one seed in the East and shuffle the deck. You just lost four. You just lost what three, three? You lost last three out of four. Out of four, I think it is. 
You you number one seed and Brooklyn won what five in a row on a road trip? Reason. It's it's not it's ring the ring the Liberty Bell. You need to bring something in here. Or just say, you know what? We ain't that good. We'll fight Brooklyn when we got and you know, it, it stay where you at. But I don't well, they may. I don't I I let me be clear. I am confident. I think that the team that we have now as built can definitely go toe-to-toe with anybody with the league's best. I would feel That's more it. confident making a move and getting a piece. I, w- I would just because just for those two moments in the games that I see. And I don't want that to be, I don't want these games that we're losing now to become our Achilles heel with some with all the development that we've been having. And I don't think that Doc is I I, I mean I don't think Doc stays stagnant and, and, and takes that lightly. I think we make a move because if amongst all the things that Scoot is saying amongst uh, Doc being the father figure you know, the player's coach because he's been in that position as a player in this league. You know what I mean? I think that's why so many players relate to him also. I mean, when Brett Brown was here and I was calling for Brett Brown's head, people were asking me, who did I want to be coach? I didn't know exactly, couldn't put my finger on it, but I was, these are the characteristics of, that I was spitting out. Somebody who used to play in the league versus an old an old uh, mustache Pete who just who's coaching from a textbook or from this position. I need somebody who's actually been in the same position as these players that can give it to them from a bird's eye view versus a coaches, a coach player that, that clashes a lot in 2021. So all that being said, from what I've seen in Doc, Doc's also not scared to pull that trigger and make a move. Not never been he's scared nice, to make a move. Never been scared. He has a nice balance of all of, of kind of the old school of kind of the players coach and of kind of understanding the moment and the urgency and his personnel and rearranging it to whereas he can go to war and feel confident in himself. So I don't think that we stand, I don't, I don't just for me and seeing how Doc has gone in the, in the past, I don't think we stay with the same roster. That's just my opinion. I think that, um, I don't think they stay with this. I think they're going to add some pieces, but I don't think nobody on the Sixers bench is that strong where we don't move on, where you don't like, I'm speaking from we now because I'm, I'm with y'all and y'all struggle. <laughs> like, like, no, I don't see no Jason Terry on the bench. I don't see no future. Like Terry's Maxi to me. He could be a Lou Will. He could be. A, he could be a good player. I believe he could be a real good player. But he's not going to get the reps here to become great. Enough. Or he going to have to change his game to be in a straight two. Yeah. Eventually, but you got an all star sitting right there that's from your city that you could pick up if you can get rid of some of them guys, and then you could go get the guys off of veteran minimums and build all those pieces together because Doc can get those guys. We couldn't get those guys before because none of them really wanted to come here because of the coach, but all those guys love Doc. Like anybody getting cut, because the Lakers wanted to cut some people sooner because they're going to make a trade. So Lakers wanted to cut some vets. Clippers might cut some vets. So you'd be able to piece that together. But if Tyrese Maxey only playing 10, 15 minutes, sometimes you got to let your child be great somewhere else. You got to love him. So you got to love him from far away. Markel Fultz, we've seen it with Markel Fultz. He's pretty good somewhere else. He was never going to reach that peak here. That's the sad part about Philadelphia. Sometimes dudes is just in your way. Like you just can't get there. Like he's playing 10 minutes a night. I mean, if we could, if you if you could go get Maxi, say if Norman Powell gonna come here and Kyle Lowry, and you gotta get rid of Maxi to get that, man, go get I that. Like I like it. I'm not mad at I'm not mad at that that combo at all. I think you need a little bit more than a one for one though. In mm-hmm. my opinion. I think it's I agree with that too, John. Ain't gonna be no one for one. I, you rarely see a one for one. That's rare in the NBA anymore. Yeah, at this point we can't be. We can't. It's. I, I think we're past the only kind of one for ones you getting is 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 uh, guy A for guy A. That's the only kind of number ones you getting. Superstar for superstar. 
Yeah, you ain't I going. And that's yeah, rare. People see. It's, it's even to the point now where sometimes you got to get a third team involved just to get your shit off in this league. So, yo, I don't think it's to get anything off. Yeah, you I'm anything like, off. oh, all right, like we're taking on two pieces, but neither one of these guys going to play. He's going to get waived. We're going to take this random draft pick. Like, if you're making a trade, you need to know that more than one person that's coming over is yep. going to make an immediate contribution on your on your playoff process. I agree. I see that. I, I feel. I feel you on that. But you, if you get get Kyle Lowry, bro, I don't see no reason where it's not nobody on this roster. Where it's like, as long as I'm not giving up three pieces or nothing like that, it's not nobody on this roster that's really untouchable. And I think Philly always has a problem with having untouchables and then thinking it's too long term. They even think too short term or too long term. This deal don't hurt you. And he's on a one year. You got one year left. He comes off the books. You can go get some pieces after that. You go fix that up. You could definitely go fix that up. Like it ain't a problem to fix that part up. I don't think I don't know. Kyle on the books, one to win, man. Give me Kyle any day. I'll sit in a pit bull fight with Kyle. <laughs> For real. That's All one right, of them. So, so kind of switching gears and kind of staying on the same piggybacking off of Joel's 50. We've seen something unprecedented going on, and I don't think it's getting enough attention. Uh Jamal Murray on the same night scored 50 with zero free throw attempts. Zero. Um do y'all think that that's a sign of the game and where the game is going, or is that just elite scoring at the highest level? I got a lot of questions. Go ahead. Go ahead, John. You want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I'll go first. Um, honestly, with defense now, the way the NBA is going, it is a sign of the game because I was researching one day and realizing that, um, first and foremost, whoever has the ball in their hand is unguardable. That's one. And two is the fact that the closeouts are happening so slow now because the floor is so spread. So you're going to see a lot of this now because dudes are just literally taking shots. Like, they're just taking shots. They don't even have to – it's a shot game now. It's not about possessions. It used to be a possession game. It used to be, let's get the most out of every possession. Now it's like – and I coach like this. Unfortunately, I tell my team, take shots. I don't care – what happens, I just want a shot, and I want a shot as fast as possible. So with this in the NBA now, you're going to see a lot of this because some dudes don't even have to attack the basket anymore because they're just taking shots. And the person with the ball, unguardable. Like, he's a step back, you can't guard it no more. Because if I pump fake, you get off your feet. That's an and one now. So now you got to just let that guy make or miss. So I'll shake your head. Not to uh... – not to sound like the old man in the room, but like you gotta knock him on his ass, like one time. Like I understand he, I understand he took a lot of <laughs> three, times. three yeah. shots, and you got a flagrant. Yeah, like I understand and he that's took gonna cost you money. jump shots, but at some point he going to the rack, and at some point when you go to the rack, like you gotta put a body on him, you gotta pick him up full court, you gotta do something for somebody to get off. 50 a 50 piece all from the field you can't watch that yeah i'm cool didn't they lose that game too i'm not sure i think they lost that game because um but, I, but I I, you're not the old man in the room because i agree 100 not scoot 50 points and not one free throw attempt i'm not trying to hear that fine i'm not trying to hear what i gotta pay or nothing it, the integrity of the game gotta be put gotta be gotta, gotta come intact at some point dog 50 with no free throws, 
did you pinch the bitch? Like, did you? <laughs> <laughs> look, look, you guys say, look, I, these dudes make way too much money to be trying to injure each other on that because they they do they one. I have to talk about injury. You saying like, yo, I got a even it was an one school. You're not even an N1 school. That's what I'm not talking about building beer. I'm just saying, yo, I'm getting up in your jersey. Yeah. The ref going to get me with two, three personal fouls in three, four minutes. But I'm letting you know that I'm here. I'm trying to tire you out. Something. Like, it's, you're just not getting all 50 points. Without it's, getting it's, regular se- it's regular season. That's the biggest thing. You won't see that in the playoffs. It's regular season. So it's like, man, whatever. You got it. Just like, uh, I think one time Jamal Murray had – 50 against Kyrie Irving and Kyrie Irving threw the ball in the crowd <laughs> and because he shot the last shot to get his 50 and he's like oh you cheese for your last oh you you stole your 50 ball go get your 50 basketball out the crowd that's his first time scoring 50 and he threw it up to the basketball in the crowd <laughs> but I mean it just happens now man like this is something I remember back in the 90s you know what was the thing when you made seven threes. Remember that was like a thing? Like you go seven for seven from the three-point line with Glenn Rice and all them dudes. Yeah, it was a thing, and I think it's just a thing now where everybody is just you just cannot guard people. Like they don't want defense in the NBA. They just don't want it. It's it's they don't they don't. I think that I think that the main objective of the Celtics is I think the main objective uh, the main objective is entertainment. But I think that they're that's being compromised in COVID. I know COVID was mentioned, and I think that that's being compromised because when the fans are not there and there's nobody to pander. What you've kind of geared the game towards, people who love people who watch and love basketball kind of see the chinks in the armor. Like you don't even need to do that. There's nobody here that's gonna, you know what I mean? There's wait, no- hold on, hold on, wait, wait, wait. I stand corrected. This is the first time that ever happened. This is anomaly. Like this is something rare. Right. <laughs> we, we can't go panicking. This is something that I'm never panicking. I'm not panicking. I'm not panicking, but but not one free throw scoop. Bro, he paid the Cavs. He didn't need to get a free throw. <laughs> like, I, got, I, got, I, got a Kuru, I got a Kuru guard in me. I just realized, like, he played the Cavs. He didn't wait the Cavs. Like, I don't need a free throw. I'm not going to the lane. Hard. You, you making, you're making your arguments real hard to debate tonight, man. Like, they played the Cavs. Like, they're, like, 13th in the East. They suck. Like, one, just one. If anything, the, 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 the team that suck, I would think that they play a little bit rougher than the team that knows they're actually playing basketball out there. Wouldn't you? That's how it used to be. Wait, so hold on, hold on. If you bad at your job, right? Did you really go and be better? Did <laughs> you really go care? You realize that like this might be my last year getting NBA checks. Like that's it. Like it's top three hundred some position uh, jobs in the league. So if you're like, yo, we're on a trash team, I'm getting cooked. I gotta do something. Something. How old are you, John? Say what? Well, around about eight. I'm 34. You have I'm 35. Tony 35. Tony 35. 36. 36. We all we all in the same. All right. So wait, wait, wait. You thinking realistically? These niggas is 19 and 21 on the cast, bro. They don't have no realistic. This is forever for them. They think this forever. They not gonna have no urgency. They've been bad since they've been in the NBA. They don't know how I feel to be good. They don't know. They've been bad. Brian left them. LeBron was never with them. Ain't one of them dudes on the team that played with LeBron. They gonna uh, let it ride. They don't know. They don't have no culture. Their best player is Andre Drummond. They told him go home. They don't. <laughs> Listen, I, I you, but it's just it, somebody. 
that play that night had to be like, yo, this oh, is wow. ridiculous. He's going to get touched at some point. But and like I'm you say, Carlton plays a what you're saying, Scoop, but 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 the majority. I, I want to agree with cousin John. Like you gotta you gotta grab him as a man. As a man, you gotta get mad. Just like the same dude, just keep hitting the bucket. Like that's gonna piss me off. My, that's gonna make my mind go out of basketball to make me want to do something. Like that don't not do something. Not, not harsh, but just ah, I gotta ah. Come on, so man. We from, a different we from a different generation. I agree with you. But these dudes shake each other here and after they hit threes and stuff like that, they just different. Like, it's a different generation. Also, we, we talked about a COVID season. There's no fans. Nobody's there to watch you. Like, you don't feel the heat of, I'm writing my drone of the game. Like, my uncle here. <laughs> I saw it. Uh, I'm going to tell you something. Like, wait, I'm going to tell you something. Like, don't have any of that pressure. Oh. Hold on, so Tone to speak to this. Damn, he got 50. That's crazy. <laughs> no, Tone to speak to this, bro. There's nothing worse than getting cooked with nobody in the gym. Yeah. Bro, that's the worst feeling in the world because you got nobody to look to. You can't say the crowd was on you. You can't say nothing. You just looking at every bucket like, damn. 100% and your teammates just looking at you like, damn. He 100% focus is on the fire that's going that you just cannot put out, dog. Like, you just you just keep looking at the fire, get doused and doused. The flames is just, and you just, you looking for some solidarity. Like Scoot said, you looking for some, it's nothing there, dog. Like, it, it, and you to the crowd is like, Let's go, we can <laughs> a scrimmage on set on a Saturday morning in 2004, dog. It happened to us, dog. It was I was it was nobody there but just us in Kutztown, and it was like ah. And that worst is when there, your bro. teammates when you like when you having a good night, and then you go sit in the room, and then they like, man, you wasn't doing that on Sean Singletary. <laughs> 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 he gave you 50. We was all there, and then everybody got that one story. Like man, yeah, he gave Tone 50. Everybody right. was there. Right, right. Right. Like, hey, not worse than that. That empty gym rat. That empty gym rat. Oh, it's the worst. You'd be like, God. So I think I think that no matter what our answer is, because I'm, uh, you guys are too. Uh, uh, I feel I feel what both of you guys are saying. Scoot, you saying it's a new generation, man. These guys are from another generation. It's just how it is right now. John, I'm kind of with you in saying that some even that that taking into consideration, something needs to happen. Something needs to happen. But. No matter what it is, it seems like we're all in agreement that it's a sign of the times that's going on right now, man. Like it's not in his regular season. Not to take anything away from Jamal Murray, because Jamal Murray is super nice. We actually seen him do this on the highest level in the playoffs in the bubble last year, fighting, fighting tooth and nail for his team, excuse me, to go to that game seven and and, and have as much playoff life as they had last year. So I don't want to take anything away from him in his 50-point effort with no free throws. But God, oh man, like something got it. Something's got to give. Wait, so hold on, hold on, wait, 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 hold on. Before you move on, wait. Jamal Murray had 50 with no free throws. That's tough. That's tough, man. But wait, 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 wait. On the flip side, like maybe the Cavs is on to something. We not about to let them have 65, 70 tonight. Because if you Yo. go to the line... They might be on to something. I'm not letting Boy has 65, 70 points tonight. We not, we're not following him. That might be the game plan. That's that's a that's a sick point of view. We not letting him don't, get 65, 70. Don't let 65 people. And I, don't I, let and it's, it's a regular. The worst part about it, the the best and worst part about it is that it's regular season. Like they care, but Cleveland doesn't know how to care. 
That's why you have to put the vets on the team. They don't. Who is they coach? We don't even know their coach name. Like we don't nobody know who Cleveland Cavaliers coach is. We know the owner. We know Dan Gilbert because he wrote the letter to LeBron. But we don't know nothing coach name. Like they don't even have a good coach. Who they got? Bickerstaff, right? I think Bickerstaff coach though. He must be doing a better job than the Timberwolves coach. That Joker just got fired. So, man, shout out to Ryan, man. I, I was rooting for Ryan heavy. I was rooting for Ryan heavy, bro. It's messed up because Ryan didn't get a chance. I think they did that to pacify, like, his father passing away, Flip Saunders, and also effing KG over because KG was mm-hmm. supposed to be, like, ownership or a GM or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he, Ryan didn't get a chance. Ryan had eight games with his best two players on the court. And for those of y'all listeners who don't know who Scoot's talking about, he's talking about uh, Ryan Saunders, the uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves coach who just got fired, son of the late Flip Saunders. Uh, historical great uh, Hall of Fame. I don't know if Flip made the Hall of Fame. He should be in Hall of Fame. The Hall of He's Fame NBA coach, um, Flip Saunders. Uh, yeah, man. So um, Jamal Murray went crazy. Uh, I want to switch gears a little bit to off court, um, and I want to talk about Kyrie Irving, man. Kyrie Irving has been displaying some behavior. I won't put a label on it because that's the conversation that I kind of want to have. Um, but just to, just to take it outside of the NBA and just to on court and talking X's and O's like he's been doing. Uh, for the last bit of time. Um, we're in a pandemic. I've been saying that. I got a podcast called COVID Chronicles. We all have been dealing with this COVID-19 thing at some level. Um, Kyrie Irving says some things. He, he says some things, he acts away. He, he's moving in a, in, in a dip to a different tune than what, you, than what we here in America, I would say, um, expect from our celebrities. Um, but for me, Everybody know Uptown Tone, how I carry it. I'm kind of an open, open-minded. I'm, I'm a critical thinker. Uh, some of these things that he's saying, I can fuck with. You know what I mean? And I think that he's got a new quotable, or not a, not a new quotable, like he's doing his thing to have quotables. I don't want to give it that context. I mean, I want to be responsible with my media voice here. Um, but he has quoted as recently saying something to the effect that um, all your celebrities are not what you think. Like we're all not just concerned with ourselves and our, um, you know, our fame and our notoriety. Some of us kind of come, do our skill, appreciate the art in that, you know what I mean? And go home and want to assume a little less, uh, uh, should I say, um, star-studded or in, in, in the light, light. You know what I mean? Um, and like I said, I think he's being brave. I think because a lot, of the, a lot of the ways, a lot of the things, a lot of the situations he's been in, People kind of look at it with a fine tooth comb. They look at it with the magnifying glass, like, ah, oh, it's Kyrie. Uh, is he genuine with it? But regardless if you think he's genuine with it or not, I think the things that he's saying have some merit, especially in the in the times that we're in. Um, sometimes we look at pe- people a lot uh, and say that, not even people, but these celebrities, these entertainers, these basketball players, oh, they make X amount of dollars, so they shouldn't have. And I kind of had to just explain something on the last episode about when Draymond said what he said, uh, and I had to tell people, like, sometimes you got to scale it. Like, if I'm at work and I'm a thousandaire, and we all know we all complain at work, and we're complaining about our bosses and our owners and our CEOs who are presu- uh, presumably millionaires, then it kind of would make sense for Draymond, a millionaire, to be complaining about his boss or his leadership who's billionaires. If you scale it, you know what I'm saying? Like, if it's different scales. So I wanted to open up the floor to, to, to ask you guys, what do you think about Kyrie? I know I've seen a picture of him. Uh, walking with a stick. Um, when he was out uh, and not in the NBA, he was actually leading 
poetry circles and getting and hopping into conversations about things that are going on in 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 the in the in the news and and the, the civil rights issues and the COVID issues and different things. So um, I just really wanted to ask you guys, what do y'all think about that? And how much stock do you put in that? And where do you put that stock? Let me go first. Go, Scoop. Yeah. Oh, let me hear from you, Scoop. You've been killing it, Scoop, so go ahead. All right. Um, I'm going to put it like this. Kyrie, the philanthropist, that's the best people who donate money, right? Because y'all went to college, I didn't. Donate money, donate time, donate themselves. Just yeah. to a cause. Kyrie the philanthropist is, is is all that. But I think in layman's terms and hood terms, my homie called me one day and me and him, me and my man Ada had a talk. And I hate to but he said, Man, the dude is a dude without a country at this point right now. And he's so in between worlds that he don't know. Like one day you'll see him being a philanthropist and holding it down and saying, I got to take a break from basketball for my mental health. And another day you might see him shaking and shucking and jiving without a mask and putting everybody's life in danger that's on his team. You you never know with him. And I think he just found out. It's like when you, um, he reminds me of myself when I first read the Malcolm X book. I read the Malcolm X book when I was like 13, 14. And it just like had me, it's not something a 13 or 14 year old should read without a parent next to him, yo. Right, without some kind but of- it's, it's a very powerful book. And I think he just read the Celestial Prophecies and the um, all that stuff like that. And he just, he's, he's, he's over, I think sometimes he can overdo. And when I say you can overdo, it's like, if you want to play that, if you want to be in that world, I don't play with that world. That world of philanthropy and all that stuff like that, that's not nothing to play with. If you're going to be on that side, do it. But don't challenge the status quo at the same time when you really want to be a part of the status quo. The status quo just getting on your nerves. Don't do that. Don't <laughs> don't flip. Like when they get on your nerves with the media, the media ain't good. But then you use them monopolizing the media like, yeah, we want LeBron. We want them. We want the, we want the Lakers. I want them at full house. I want to play them. Oh, but I thought you didn't want to talk to the media. Now you want to talk to the media when you win it. He's just somebody that just relies me as somebody that when it's going good, it's going great. And when it's going bad, you have no idea what this man is going through. Right. And I mean, he's an amazing basketball player. I tell you that all the time, but him as a philanthropist, keep donating your money, keep donating your time, keep doing that, keep that energy. But I need you to keep that energy here and stay there all the time, all the time. Like deliver that woke message in your press conferences. Nobody gonna find you, nobody gonna tell you stop. You got the second highest selling sneaker on Nike. They can't do nothing to you. Keep <laughs> delivering them messages, stay woke, my brother, like do it. But then people connected him to like, oh, he's like, we gotta protect Kyrie. Protect Kyrie from what? Like what? They not gonna kill no Kyrie, bro. He like Nipsey Hussle and Fred Hampton. Fred Hampton died for the cause. Please do not connect him with Martin Luther King. Do not connect him with Fred Hampton. Do not connect him with them powerful people. He's doing what a rich person is supposed to do. A rich black person. I ain't saying they're supposed to do, but rich black people do donate all the time. Right. And and I, I salute him for that. I commend him for that. But on the other hand of that, my family's is bait. They're bays. They're moors. I celebrate Kwanzaa. So to somebody who woke, I'm happy you you open your eyes. Let's see you be all the way. Let's see you go. Let's see you go Craig Hodges with it. Do sacrifice their careers for it. Do sacrifice their careers for this. Like, if you're going to sacrifice your career for it, but if you're going to be a part of the movement and just spread money, spread the money. Do it. Don't, you don't got to be front line. That's, it always was brothers who wasn't front line. You don't got to be front line. Spread that paper. Keep doing your Instagram posts. 
But don't fool the people, man. Cause you deceiving the people at this point. You got them thinking you something you you not, and that's the worst part about it. Because when it come down to it, you just found out it was like two ten years ago where you was like, wasn't you made a protest about not dating black women? It wasn't that long ago. I remember this stuff. It wasn't that long ago. Like you woke, but you like, is you really out here? Like when the last time you've been in North Jersey and you go help them kids in North Jersey? When the last time you ran a bus to the suburbs from the hood to the suburbs and had touched them kids? When the last time you did that? When the last time you did that? That's what I want to know. When you touch the people, like, no, it's okay. You did George Floyd. That's fine. But did you go do somebody in your neighborhood or somebody in the neighborhood that interjects you? Cousin John? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you. I it bothers me the amount of like this is what you're supposed to do. Like as an athletes are the only people that get put in a box of like, oh, you're the flashy superstar, you're the take care of the people superstar, you're the date the instagram model superstar like yo why can't i just on wednesday i want to chill with this john i bagged off ig and on thursday i want to show up and give out turkeys because as a, as a human being that's what your life is like i write children's books i'm not on here rhyming and flipping pages like we talking sports today and that's okay nobody like yo saw the boy cousin john wasn't reading no book dog that doesn't, that doesn't <laughs> You mean like that doesn't happen in anybody else's life? So like right. it happened for Kyrie, and the problem is, I see you say the problem. What ends up happening is he don't know how to deal with it. It's a lot of pressure. Like every time somebody hollers at you, they asking you about that, and he doesn't have the. You know what? I'm just not going to talk about it. Like whatever's going on in his mind, whatever's going on, he has the like. There's what's in his mind. There's the question that he's being asked 30, 40 times a day. There's what he says, and then there's a soundbite that we're provided and we're allowed to have and digest. And then everybody talks about it. He's a human being of, the, of this generation. He goes online. He gets fed up and flustered with whatever he sees. We don't know specifically what he sees. Like, we see what the comments are as a whole. We don't know how that man takes that. So then in turn, he gives out something else, and then we are left to interpret that and say, be the basketball player, be Pope John Paul the 16th. And there's no room for in between. Like, I think it's, I think it's dope. Personally, I think it's dope that Kyrie is willing to share those parts of his life and those, those things that are involved, that he's involved in. And the athletes that you see where it's like, yo, man, he's a real quiet guy. I don't think those athletes are that quiet. They just don't feel like dealing with none of this. I, I agree. And so I, then, I, I ain't mad at them. Yeah, but then, but know what I mean? But then you're not mad at them, but it's, yo, you're not marketable. We can't figure out how to market you. How do we do X, Y, Z? That athlete might be like, man, I wish I could talk. But if I do, I got to deal with that. There's a, there's a lot of them. And that's why I say in life, there's choices. So when you choose, you can't, it's like, it's like this, like, when you choose a path and that's certain things like I, me and my comedy career, I feel as though I do stand up. And I don't want to be pigeonholed, so there's only so far I go within certain things and lanes because I, I want to be able to go do other things. So it's like, I won't go so far into this because if I do this, I can't.
be looked at serious as a basketball trainer. I can't be looked at serious as a scout. I can't be looked at serious in these ways because if I go make this happen, it's it's part of life. You get labeled with anything you do. Whether you go to jail one time in your life, like what they say, Beyonce, do you know your husband sold drugs? Like it's, it's just the reality of the thing. So if you create this lane through everything and then you're gonna say, okay, I'm gonna be woke. I'm fine with you being woke and I'm fine with you standing. But then I, you Indian and black, like what what are we doing? Like it's like Tiger Woods at this point, bro. Like uh, it, this, I, and that's, and he, <laughs> that I guess that's my point. Like you said, like yo, there's only so far that you're willing to go, and you're making that conscious decision. Like he's not showing up to the games in full Native American garb. Like he's not. I don't think the level of like information he's providing is going all in. He's just saying like, hey, this is a part of me. And this is a part of who I am. Hold on. Did, did you see when he introduced the crowd? He came to the crowd and did the introduction and said, yeah, my name is Tonto. Da, 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 da. I represent the Sioux tribe and everything like that. When people do that, I always stay, I always pay attention to what you say and what you do. Because yeah. when you do that and then you teeter us, because when our plight was big and it was big inside the media, he was all, I'm reformed, I'm this all that political stuff and then now you writing this native american thing you know walking around with sticks and all that pick a side bro like if you and our plight is crazy our plight is crazy as african americans i i lie or not sometimes bro sometimes it's ally or not because we don't have that many people as big as we are and as much as we've grown when you choose to speak for us you got to stay with us that's just how, I mean, I, I told you, I, I said, I've been raised by bays. I've been raised by bays and not the ones in South Philly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, and and, and, I, and I, so it's like, you know, once you speak for us, you got to stand on that. And that's why I don't really, that's why I stay away from certain things. I stay away from certain topics. And, you know, that's why most of, that's why they, these black leaders come to these guys. Like, yo, if you're going to speak for us, these are the messages that need to be delivered. Like Fred Hampton and them went to people like, yo, this is the message we going with. This is what we doing. So if you want to be looked at in those, and then be putting yourself, aligning yourself with these people and saying, I'm willing to die for the cause, but you're not willing to pay fines. <laughs> like, I, I just be, I pay attention. I watch this, I watch this boy. I, I read the headlines. They be, I wish I could have a sit down with him because it's like, people think I hate Kyrie. I love Kyrie since he was at Duke. I've seen Kyrie play the Eddie Griffin Challenge. It's one of the most amazing players. Like, he's the best guard I've ever seen close up with my own eyes in my life. The, the kid literally can do anything with a basketball. And I'm not telling him to shut up and dribble. I love the fact that he's woke, but I just want to know your stance. Like, let's make That's it clear, clear. so I can ride with you. I can ride with you. I had the same problem with Cap at first. Like, okay. And then once I found out Cap's stance, and I was like, that's what we're going with? And that's what you're doing? All right, I'm rocking with you because I'm never going to go for anybody that's doing a political statement or anything like that. I just want to know what you stand for. I don't think that's unfair I, to ask somebody to, to pick a side, not pick a side and stay there, but to just be clear on what it on what your stance is. I don't think that's unfair. Go ahead, John. You, you ever think that these individuals aren't necessarily clear on what, the, what their stance is? Like, yo, I'm for this cause. This is the information I know, and that's what I'm riding with. And then you get asked questions you don't know the answer to. And they're not, in the, they're not necessarily in a position to say, like, well... I don't know. Let me get back to you. Feel like he has to say something. They teach you there's power. Not only does see, I just got finished watching 
you don't you not only just have a microphone in your face anymore you got your you can create your own messages now like he's creating his own messages so if you don't know what you're going to say you know how many times i done deleted tweets or deleted instagram posts or said this is not what i want to say or deleted texts and say this is not what i want to say let me sit down and think about it bro you went to duke for three months bro you did pr work you knew you were going number one since you was in ninth since you was in 11 12th grade they knew you was going number one he had pr work he's doing what he wants to do and then we sit here and he wants to be a hot topic because if you don't want to be a hot topic guess what you don't do you don't talk but that, guess what he did? He talked about basketball in front of them press conferences and then got right on his Instagram to build another thing. To build yeah, something. I, I think that if you I think that if you take Kyrie's actions and think about the people, like just scroll through your phone and just scroll through your phone and like just look at the people that you know, there's somebody that you know whose number you have in your phone that does similar things. But it's like that's just who they are. And you not to say that you let it rock out. But that's what you expect from them. Sometimes they be on point. Sometimes you just got like, I ain't really paying them no mind today. And that's just where I'm at with Kyrie personally. I think that because we give them the microphone and the platform and the sound bites and the clicks, because the clicks is what it's all about. Like him going, him, him going on rants and going on tangents and saying things that might not be informed. You could easily just be like, yo, Kyrie don't sound like he's that informed about this. We're going to move on. But people are getting paid off of clicking on it. So it's all right. And I get your frustration. But at the same time, Kyrie is just, in his head, this all makes sense to me. We've all been in a situation at some point in time in my life where we say, you know what? I was drawing. I jumped out the window. You might come back and say, like, yo, I stand on that. It's just that he's, he has a platform that he is. I do it once a week. <laughs> I do it once a week. But I, I just did it just now because I said stay on that side or to pick a side and Tone cleared it up. And I'm happy he cleared it up because I don't really mean – to pick a side. I just want to know what you mean, because there are people who follow people in blind. 98.7% of the people in the world are stupid. And they're following you. He's very where popular. That, bro? He's where's, liked where's a lot. That, bro? He's where's very that, popular. Where's that 98.7 where's that stat from? Man, I made that up. <laughs> I ain't got no Googles and nothing, but I just know I run across more stupid people than smart. I know that's right. But I just say that a lot of people can't figure out their own messages, and he is a leader because he's popular. Popularity can mean something. That's why in high school you haven't noticed the debate team and the president of the, the school and all that stuff like that rarely wasn't an athlete. <laughs> rarely was it was like valedictorian or somebody who was real popular that had good grades because it was requirements to do that. Now you can be a leader. And literally just get on your phone and say, yo, because what if he get on all this next week and be like, everybody call him Fred Hampton and Nipsey Hussle and all that. And then he go on his phone and be like, put up a big Instagram story. Psych. <laughs> what happens to all people that followed him? And I'm like, I told y'all, he tripping. Like, and, and it's grown people that follow a 27-year-old. He's 27. I expect him to do this stuff. But, but, but what I'm saying is like everything that you said about the other the other people, right? I just don't understand. It sounds like the I'm not a role model 2K21. Like, yo, I'm saying these things. This is how I feel. If y'all decide to rock out with me, that's on you. Don't say I'm not a role model and then say I die for the cause. I die for this. Like, I think, I don't know. I think, yo, I think Kyrie be on drugs, bro. I don't think, <laughs> yo, I think you're I, I, I'm not, I don't even got to be my political self because this ain't Check Rock podcast, but 
I think it might be your side a little bit. Like, ratchet on my joint. It's all good. No, I can get I can get canceled on your pod. I'll take that. I'll take that. We'll never cancel you, man. Freedom of speech, man. But I mean, he on something. He might be on something. He might smoke. He might smoke some psychedelics and stuff like that. Cause he his creativity crazy. And he think he's an artist on the basketball floor. Like he he said, I'm an artist. Like I produce hits. Oh, he is. He said that, and he is. He definitely is. He all that when it comes to that putting that ball on that floor. But when it comes like so, two last points on the docket. Um, I want y'all idea. I want y'all uh, thoughts on the All Star Game. Um, one, the existence of it. How you feel? Yay or nay? Should we have one? And then number two. Um, this is the first time since I've been on air that uh, both teams have been uh, announced. So we we have two teams that are announced. Oh well, uh, two start. Uh, the starters are announced. The coaches uh-huh. still have to pick the rest of the team. But we still we have the starters. You see my face. I was shy, like the reserves got announced. Right. <laughs> that was like Christmas gift to me. I was like the reserves got announced. I right. care about uh, the NBA way too much. All right. So for the West, we got Luka Donick. We got Steph Curry. We got LeBron James. Nikolai Jokic, the Joker. And we got Kawhi Leonard going up against Kyrie Irving, who we've been talking about extensively. Bradley Bill. Kevin Durant. The Greek Freak. Giannis Antetokounmpo. And our guy, your guy, JoJo. MVPB, man. So, um, yeah. First, I want to know, do, how do y'all feel? I'm my, I'm already on uh, on record and saying how I feel about the All Star Game. I haven't got a chance to ask you guys. Uh, how do y'all feel about it just even happening? Um, it is supposed to be an All Star Day. They're starting with a skills competition, three point competition. They'll start the All Star Game. They'll have the dunk competition at halftime, and then they'll finish the All Star Game, and it's like an All Star Day, kind of like some AAU stuff. Um, I think that, so just, just running through the facts here, the NBA has, uh, extensive COVID protocol. The protocol, the, the all-star game is taking place in Atlanta, a city that is open, a city that with a, uh, location search on your phone, you can see how rolling Atlanta is. The culture of Atlanta that is rolling mirrors the culture of your NBA players. You were putting that together. And what is it that you expect to come out of it? I guess is my question. This is the same work. This is the same. They expect expect some dollars. They see dollar signs. I agree. So like you, it was a calculated risk. Like, so this is what could go bad. But financially, this is what goes well for us. We're willing to take the risk. Um, how far that risk is willing to, how far that risk is going to go? Does it jeopardize the second half of the season? Is it worth it? I mean, that remains to be seen. I, I find it interesting the amount of players of high notoriety that decided that said clearly, I have no interest in an All Star game. I would, I'll find it interesting if those players are there and then how many minutes they actually play in the game. I'm going to be real. George Bush don't care about black people. you I can leave that as cryptic as y'all want to leave it, but George Bush don't care about black people. But my thing is, this is my thing about it. The All-Star game is not needed at all. We don't really need it, but they having it. They, they, they got... They have to they have to produce it because they already got paid. See the NBA running to that point of like they doing shows because they already got paid for it. That's why they gotta do it. They already got paid. Everybody already got paid. 
players already got paid. Everybody already got paid, so they got to do it. If they're gonna do it, I'm not. I'm fine with them doing it the way they're doing it. And a lot of players, of course, don't want to play because this season has been grueling. Like they playing back to backs, two games in three days every day. They killing them out there. Dudes gonna play minutes though. They gonna play the minutes in the All Star game. They gonna play. And Doc is probably gonna try to keep it as simple as possible. Doc probably is not gonna be there. But George Bush just don't care about black people. Other thing I got to say, sidebar of it is, um. Well, why we just noticed that the Western Conference team got gentrified? <laughs> Did y'all beat that? They gentrified the Western Conference starters on the All-Star side. Luka and, and Luka and Jokic. Yo, they forced Luka Donacek down our throat so bad. The boy can play. He 27-9-9. and nine. I had to tell the dude in my podcast that. Bro, he didn't lose him, not because of Luca. Because he's 27, 9, and 9. I don't know where I can go up to. 32, 10, and 10. Like, it's not not going to do. Yeah, where where do you want my ceiling to be? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's a very popular player. I understand him being a starter because of popularity. But I feel bad for Dame Lillard. Because it's like, Dame Lillard is what I want Kyrie to be as a basketball player. And as a as a dude, cause cause Dane goes to the hood. Dane's go back to Oakland every year, does his thing. And it's not known. Like he does his cookouts, his camp, he does all that stuff, and he don't put it out there. Out there. So definitely the Brookfield cookout is definitely every year on like well, you lived out, yeah, you used to live out there, yeah. Dane be in the Dane come to the hood, like him and Marshawn Lynch make sure they be out there. You it ain't even and it ain't even on those charities, like on, on a random day walking home. I seen uh Marshawn got the beast mode store down there downtown. Yep. So randomly, like I can count at least ten times where I've walked past him, just nod my head. He nod his head back. Yeah, that's just how they, and that's how they feel like they regular out there. They are they like they regular. Probably bother them, like like the the people of Oakland are going to come at you for messing with them before before. You know what I'm saying they got to do anything strenuous. Like they are protected by Oakland because they come back. Yeah, and I think that they got. Dame got hurt on this All Star stuff. I think he got hurt. That was that was what hurt me from my biggest observance was that I was like, yeah, "This is Dame." That's what I was going to ask you. Now that we got starters and, and we know we going into that to that to that funny area where coaches are picking the rest of the teams, I was going to ask who do y'all think is going to get snubbed or who do y'all feel as though may even be snubbed by making the All Star game but should have been a starter. You know what I mean? Things of that nature. Where did James Harden in the mix? That's a good question, man. Um, I think that's something that people gotta look at when somebody switches coast so fast. I think it should have implications on things as, as the All Star game. You know, James Harden is who he is, but he's a different player out there now. Them points is way down, the assists is way up, but I think you gotta judge them different. And um, who 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 we got out there? We got a uh, it's Ben, because I know we pushing. I know I know I know I'm pushing. I, I won't speak for anybody else. I'm pushing for Ben. We got Ben out there in the uh, in the East. I know probably Kyle Lowry's name is out there in the East just because he's a stick. Can't be. Kyle had a bad. Kyle ain't having a great year. Fred Van Fleet. Fred Van Fleet is the one. Yeah, yeah Van Fleet. I, well, I was just I was speaking solely starters because you know the league gives out that starters ballot and they pick who you get to vote. So I'm just thinking. Though, Boston going to get Boston going to get one or two guys. They should get two. Boston should, should. get two unequivocally. They should get two. Tatum been Tatum had that COVID issue and he missed a lot of games, so I think they're gonna get one. I mean, I I wouldn't even be able to tell unless you unless you re, you just reminded me that that happened. Yeah, he missed a lot of game. He missed a lot of games, but he when he came back, he came on fire, and Funny. people only remember the last things that they seen. Yep. And the thing is, I think James Harden should be in there definitely. Like he's going to get in. Write him in. Like write him in because he's going to get in. 
I think he's just marquee in the league at this point. But he had averages twenty five and ten. So I mean, they sacrificed him for Kyrie as a starter because Kyrie's more popular because Kyrie plays for Nike has Nikes instead of Adidas's. But I mean, at the end of the day, Nike in the front of the store, Adidas in the back. But what I got it is what. Got against the three strikes, dog. You I love the three strikes. I got I I, I rock Adidas, but I just know Nike in the front of the store, Adidas in the back. That's the truth. Nike got to be in the front of every store, or else you can't you can't have Nike there. But I think personally that James should be starting over Kyrie, honestly, because he went in that mode like when Hart when Kyrie ain't there, KD ain't there, Hart in there every night. I think that's another snub, but. Ben, I think the best things for Ben career, the best thing for Ben career is that he doesn't make the All-Star game this year. Yeah, I, mean, I agree with you 100%. Because it lights a fire. It lights a fire, and it makes him have to prove something for one time in his career. See, you and my man 215 Mike is on the same page with that because he didn't want to open my eyes to that. He like, I want to see how Ben is playing. Because it looked like, he said, when the first ballers came out, Ben was on it, but he was real low. Second baller came out, Ben wasn't on it. Third baller came out, Ben wasn't on it. And, and since then... Since then, he started that's going crazy. <laughs> since his name, since he's been clear out of trade rumors, since Harden actually got traded and his name was clear out of trade rumors, he started he's been playing. He's been playing lights out. It's no complaints. It's ben Simmons and every minus, and I don't, I don't listen. We we all know basketball on this pod right here. Uh, Scoop me and you played basketball. Yeah. Um, I don't need Ben Simmons to be jump shot. Ben Simmons. I just need him to be productive, aggressive. Uh, uh, imposing my will, Ben Simmons. However he chooses to do that each and every night, it's his decision. I just need you to do that each and every night. That's all. Yeah, I agree. And that's why I said, I think I think the one, the one guy that's going to get hurt because Ben might get in. You know, it, it, one of these dudes is going to get sacrificed. It's going to be between Ben and Zach Levine. Because Zach Levine, I, I don't – I judge people on a scale. I watch Zach Levine play every game. And he hoops every night. He hoops every night. They don't be losing because Zach Levine not playing good. They losing because they just they're just in the cards. Yeah, he's not coming out to be like, oh man, we did the. I'm just uh, I'm playing for a corny team. I'm not. It's like none of that matters to Zach Levine. He's like, is it basketball happening tonight? Because I'm gonna be there. Like, like he, he playing with high energy, coming off screens, trying to dunk on you, shooting threes and everything, and he's getting thirties. And I think like second or third in the league in scoring, he out there, he in the top five, he out there getting buckets every night. So and I, I feel as though that, I mean, luckily he's so young, but you only get so many chances to make the all-star team. Yeah, and that, that when that window does close because like that's say Zach Levine gets to the Sixers and he has to take and, a lesser goal. And that's not, that's not, we got to factor in politics. That's why that window might be the shortest of all NBA accolade windows. That's my Conley. Go ahead, go ahead, uh, John. You know what I'm saying? That's Mike Conley. Like, he never been to an all-star yep. game. And yep. now they're talking about, like, giving him the, the nod just off the strength that he's had a great career and never been there. You don't want that joint. No, he having a great season. Mike Conley's probably – if you watch Utah, he only missed, like – I think he missed, like, the last seven. And that's why everybody not remember how good he was playing before he missed those seven games. But before he missed those seven games, he was easily, like – Probably if it wasn't if it's not outside of buckets, he's probably the best player on Utah. Like, he's shooting his best percentages. He's doing everything great. It's between him and Rudy Gobert. I told everybody, I said, I was I'm a big I, I was a big Donovan Mitchell fan his rookie year, but Donovan Mitchell he gonna go get buckets. And on Utah, 
That's all he has to do. He don't got to defend nobody. He don't got to do nothing. He's got to shoot shots, and that's what he do. Mike Conley got to set the table. He got to make sure all that. If Mike Conley don't play good, they not number one in the West. But that's not even on Utah. That's his whole career in Memphis, too. Right. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, his playoff runs in Memphis, all of that, never been to an all-star game. And now it's like, I think, do you give him the nod? Do you give them three all-stars? Because you got to put Gobert there just off the strength of, let me not say that. I don't think you have to, but I think the league will get in. Gobert getting in. He getting in. And so, Davis ain't playing, so Gobert getting in. They ain't even going to put in Davis in. And Davis hurting it. So does Utah get three All-Stars when it comes down to? No. No. Well, there you go. And this is the argument for why Zach Levine deserved it. Like you, Spider you know, getting in. Spider going to get in. Gobert going to get in. And I, I honestly, I say De'Aaron Fox been having a great year. I watch. I told everybody. I said I watch the. I got. I pay fifty dollars a month for league pass. I'd be damned if I'm gonna watch all nationally televised games every week. I tell you that much. We gonna talk after after the pod. We gonna talk. Why are you doing that? It's other routes. <laughs> other routes. Listen. We're not making you pay fifty dollars for league pass until league pass either endorsed the Check Rock podcast or the or the fo 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 dog. But we gonna talk about that. That's, that's 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 after the. Go ahead. I'm, I'm, I, I tell everybody. I say I got too much loyalty to the NBA. I tell them all the time. I love the NBA too much, bro. I really do, man. And the, and the NBA don't love me. NBA got no love for Death Row. That's crazy. <laughs> NBA got no love for the East Coast, bro. It is crazy. But man, like I, I would love to see Mike Conley in All Star game. But as we talking right now, I'm currently drafting a team, and I just skipped over Mike Conley. <laughs> I just skipped over. That's like I just it, it's sad because you 16 points just ain't enough. Cause like Chris Paul, I don't think Chris Paul makes the All Star game either. And Chris, I just don't think sir. I think you should All Star game should be made for dudes who either like. He upper echelon wins, but then there's so many dudes that's upper echelon buckets. And we don't want to see Mike. Do we really want to see Mike Conley in an all-star game running up and down, doing nothing? That's right. He's the nicest guy in the world, though. Yo, but he's the love, nicest dude. I mean, but but on, the, on the flip side, we would love to we would love to look up at the end of his career and, and see that he had one, that he was at one. I would say one-time all-star. Play devil's advocate. Play devil's advocate. I, I would say that. I'm fine with him being Ross Strickland. We got it. All right, so that, that's every generation all. got one. Monte that's Ellis was last generation. He's Rod Strickland. He's Mike Conley. He's a good player, man. He's a great he player. And I know I was one of the few people arguing that when he first got in. They're like Mike Conley because they just look at the name. But I say, look at him and where he's at for Memphis. For Memphis, he's definitely worth that money for what he does. And he's continued to prove that even in being traded to Utah. Like he is a stellar run your whole system. And make sure the people who need the ball get the ball, and are he's that guy. You don't have to worry about it. I guess you don't have to worry about anything in that position with him. Anything, and even and and just to to go even further, he played with Greg Oden, and Greg Oden was supposed to be the generational guy that was about to change and revolutionize the big man. Don't you do that, Toll? Don't you do that? Don't you? Here it is. Here it is. All these years later, later that it was actually Mike Connolly that lasted. You know what I'm saying? So that's funny. It's funny, Mike Conley was on the Woj pod and he said that he never was the he said I've never been the best player on my team. Since middle school, high school. I see that. He said middle school, high school, college. He said middle school, Daquan, 
was the best player in the team. He said even AAU, he had Daquan Cook, Eric Gordon on his team, Greg Oden for um, Spies. And he, he had a greater NBA career than all of those guys in hindsight. Some of them got injured. Daquan didn't transition into the NBA that well. Eric Gordon got on the wrong teams, just said F it, got fat with New Orleans, and then said, well, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. But, I mean, you got to give him kudos for being the best dude out of Ohio during that era. And Ohio was tough around that time. This is no, Indiana. They're from Indiana. 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 But they went to Ohio State. Yeah, they went to Ohio State. Yeah, during that run in Ohio State, they had some good dudes. But, yeah, I give them credit. But All-Star, no, no participation. No participation for me. All right, so I got to do it with y'all. Our last point of the night before I just get some blanket blanket, um, opinions about the trading of uh, Carson Wentz. But LeBron James, in the GOAT discussion, has added yet another notch to his resume. And that notch is 35K points, 9K rebounds, and 9K assists. Career. This is nuts. He sits in this, he sits in this uh, 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 league alone. And I read somewhere, even if you take 17,000 points away, he's still in this joint by himself. That's crazy. Yeah, he's a... Uh... I don't think it's I don't think it's an argument. The the Jordan six rings is amazing. Like obviously Jordan is goat, but like LeBron's ability to do this with the longevity that he's accomplished these feats and the fact he he never takes time off. Like is NBA season, All Star game minutes, finals run, USA basketball, back to preseason. All like he doesn't take time off. I mean, does he get his rest days here and there? That's where the league is at right now. But he's not like, you know what? I'm gonna put my body on ice for a year, regroup for whatever the reason might be that you're doing so. That's not in the cards for him. He's doing it year after year and he's not taking time off. It's impressive. It's very impressive. Is he lost in the finals? Yes, but Tom Brady just won a Super Bowl and everybody talked about how many times he made it, and nobody in the room was like, yeah, B lost a couple of them joints, though. Nobody had that conversation. <laughs> facts, cousin John. All facts, cousin John. I'm, I, I'm gonna keep it G real, like my man from the um video said. Uh, LeBron, I don't do goat conversations. I hate doing goat conversations because I feel like you disrespect eras, and you feel I feel like you disrespect. We had this conversation about when KG said guards from 20, 30 years ago couldn't play today. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I think LeBron's stats stand in itself, and he is the greatest of his era. He got to play in three different types of basketball eras, for say, as far as like they turning the game around. Mm-hmm. And they turned the game around on him three times. And he just transitioned seamless into the no touch era because he's in the no touch era now. Right. And he's just loading up on stats during this no touch era. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. But. I do not do goats because Will Chamberlain scored a hundred points in converses, canvas converses, bro, and rode the train. I do not do goats when dudes do that. They was playing double headers in the fifties and sixties, bro. Who knows how good Will, Will Chamberlain still holds the running, jumping, vertical record to this day in the NBA? Who knows what he would have been with 
Drew Hanlon as his trainer. <laughs> like he had me like him knowing like, yo, I can't I can't get drunk and turn up this summer. I gotta get drunk this way. I gotta drink wine to replenish my body. And I, I can't do GOAT because there's so many dudes and so many errors that probably could have been better in this time. And who knows? I believe that LeBron, one of those guys that I don't think we've seen the peak of LeBron, honestly. I think if we seen LeBron in the 90s, he would have been a lot better in the 90s than he is now. Oh, I fuck that. I've been arguing for the last three years. LeBron is getting better. Yes, this is the best LeBron. This is this is the best LeBron we've seen. Prime this is the one. best LeBron we've seen. This he is the best LeBron we've seen. He just obliterated the prime conversation. I'm looking he got at no weakness. I'm looking at yeah. a guy who has no weakness, and he's getting better. He has dude. no weakness right now. He has no weakness the right now. The only thing that really made people come down out of that prime, even to people who, to casual fan, is his athleticism. So now that that's intact, every other aspect of his game is getting better. He's shooting better. His decision-making is getting better. Yeah. I've been I've been saying this for years. Like, I think that everyone's like, you can't chase a goat. You can't chase the ghost of MJ. You can't chase – Bill Russell's rings, I think that he has the one thing to chase that is just a scenario that played out for him. He's chasing the ability to play on a team with his son at a high level and win a chip. That's, that's going to be a crazy feat if they, if they pull that off. Because, like, once, once you realize, like, yo, young boy got a shot. Once you realize that and you're already playing and conditioning your body for the long haul, you start doing the math. You're like, all right, I can be out here on the floor, but what does that look like? I'm not trying to be Bill Russell player coach, and that's no disrespect to Bill Russell, but I can't imagine LeBron wanting that to be be the role. Like, I'm trying to contribute. I'm trying to win a chip as well. So, like, that's the one thing that you can constantly go to when you're looking at, I don't want to play all these games, my body breaking down, I got to get back in them. Like, those, that being able to accomplish that, I can't imagine that that's not something that's in the forefront of his mind. Granted, he probably don't talk about it because who wants to put that pressure on you for the next four or five years and the pressure on your son to even, like, make the lead. But I, it's got to be there for him. I'm going to tell you something. Y'all y'all not going to sucker me into a GOAT conversation because I'm not – I really don't do GOATs because <laughs> I'm going to be real with y'all. Like, like nobody going to like what I say because at the end of the day, I, I, seen, I started watching basketball in 94, bro. And I seen one man be unstoppable for three seasons where I was like, this nigga, this nigga not gonna lose. I hate to use the N-word, but Black Cat, I'd never seen no matchup for Black Cat. I seen people like, yo, man, Brown gonna lose this one. And when I say Brown probably gonna lose this, I bet on Brown for five years straight, bro. He pulled off one time. <laughs> Two times from he pulled it out. Two times from I was sick. And I just like, I feel like I tell people, I said, I feel like when I look at MJ. MJ got all the quotes that Jay-Z had, like, I will not lose. Like, I never see, I just don't, I just don't get that. And I love LeBron. So if we talking GOATs, I'm going to be real with you. Like, we, we keep it all real. It's no stat. It's no nothing. Because I got to watch them three years of MJ where he went, I got to watch four concrete years of MJ. Four years of just where I would watch the games that he came on on national TV because we just we got league pass the last year at MJ. We got the league pass on the cable TV and they used to mess up all the time. We used to be able to watch the games for free. I got that for the very end of his career. The last see his last season we got a league pass. But for four seasons, 
this first season coming back out of retirement was one of my first seasons watching basketball. I seen Nick Anderson lock him up, take the ball from me at half court. They celebrated and everything. The next season, I said, there's no way he beat Shaq and Penny and them. I had an Orlando jersey. Next season, my mom went to go get that Bulls jersey quick. I said, look, this is o- like It was over. And then it was like the next season, I was rooting against them because I started liking Reggie Miller. I like, all right, Reggie going to beat him. Nah, stop playing. Sit down. Um, Next team, sit down. Nobody beating me, bro. No matter who you put against me, nobody beating me. And it's just like, that's just the mystique of MJ, and I got to live it. And I got to live just literally watching a dude like, yo, nobody going to beat him. He ain't putting no trickery, no foolery in or nothing. It's just his teammates look bad. So I, I just like, I watched it in hindsight. Like, if you watch how bad Scotty looked at the end of that run, <laughs> if you like, it was like, yo, Scotty ain't Scotty, bro. Like, he just looked bad at the end of that run. And I don't know. I just, Jordan is that mystic character to me that I just like. I'm, I'm not going to argue with you just for the simple fact that you told me that you started watching MJ in 94 and, and until 97, and you had a solid three to four seasons to watch him. You also mentioned that League Pass didn't come until 97. And you also said from the games that I've seen on national TV. Because that's my only gripe. Those three things are my only gripes with people who argue MJ and don't be trying to hear nothing. I'd be like, dog, you did. It'd be a casual fan, first of all, and and I know you, so I know you. I know you. I know Philly Heat. I know you. Know what I'm saying I, I've yeah, seen yeah, you yeah. at very at various levels of my life. Yeah. So yeah. I want to appreciate you for saying that because people think I'm crazy when I say that. Like you didn't see MJ. No, I'm gonna tell you something, Tone. You know what's real? But everybody, Somebody- but just. Just the simple fact that you say I had league pass and it used to mess up. So I, everybody didn't have that. My mom, my mom and dad wasn't league. What is, man, get out of here. Well, we had seven four. We had seven forty nine on the digital cable box. Yes. <laughs> the only person in like five years who who has told me in that much detail how much I'm not arguing with you. Scoop. That's why I said no. Nah, and and this is the thing about it because like LeBron, I think. LeBron is just like, well, LeBron, he's so amazing, so good. He's such a physical specimen. And he dominates the game on so many different levels. And it's amazing to watch. But it was just like, like, I go back on Black Cat. I like to, I call him Black Cat because I learned that from Kobe. Like, Kobe, look, I found out he used to call him Black Cat. I ain't, they, people just try to pass like they used to call him Black Cat. No, I found out from Kobe that they called him Black Cat. And I sat back and I watched the 89, I think it was the 89-90, 89 All-Star game. Dude was like from here to here. He was 6'6", Russell Westbrook, like all over the floor. And I just like, I just never seen nothing like it. He's just the perfect prototypical basketball. Braun is a mutant. Jordan is the prototypical basketball player. Like if you create a basketball player in the lab, you either make it. Jordan or Kevin Durant, that's what you make making. Like, if you're making a real basketball player, Brian's some other stuff. Like, he's just a different type of human being. Like, this is different. Like, he's Damn. This, this, and this always comes up in the conversation, too, where it's like, yeah, but, like, LeBron don't count. <laughs> like, because of his physical stature. Like, yo, that's not his fault. And I'm not, that's not saying that's what you're, you're getting at, but a lot of people in, in the GOAT conversation will say, yeah, but, like, it's not fair because of LeBron's size. Like, yo, Zion get buckets because of his size, and no one's complaining. Zion six five. Zion six. Zion got something working against him. He's six five. Brian don't got no angle working against him at all. 
Like, at least Zion, you can block his shot. Zion can't rebound. Like, Zion got getting five and six rebounds, seven rebounds a night sometimes. Like, I watch Zion. I'm like, all right, well, you know, like you sick. Before, you, before they even see you dribble the ball, he just go, you just going to be 6'8", 260 with the 4'3", and the 50-inch vertical. And like, the speed! And the speed! Before, <laughs> before we ask you about a basketball rule, a basketball move, or anything, like, that's what you got working for you dog like that's crazy. i'm gonna say something um i'm gonna say something i never said before because i doesn't have my brain thinking lebron is shaq if shaq gave an f about basketball right like shaq would have had that much dominance if shaq really like cared cared like if shaq was stayed and lived in new jersey for the rest of his life instead of san antonio and he was like yo i'm gonna dominate the league for 20 years and like really dominate her like shaq said eddie curry had the best quote eddie curry told shaq Shaq said, you know, big fella, I'm going to let you rock because I like your mother. You, you mean your mother cool. I'm going to let you rock tonight. But if Brad Miller come in the game, I'm going to kill you. What if Brad Miller come in the game? Eddie Curry was like, all right, all right, OG. And he said he, he took a light on. He had 20 and 17, 25 and 17 or something like that. And he chill. And I was like, LeBron is Shaq if Shaq didn't care. Like, LeBron don't care. Every night he out there for the kill. Like, ain't no chill in Bron. That's the amazing part. That's the one thing I do give Bron. Bron don't chill. Like, his chill is a different type of chill. Like, he just different, bro. Like, yeah, Bron's different, man. And he the go to this era, definitely. But the one thing that's funny, I wish Kevin Durant would have got drafted in his class instead of Mello. Why you say that? I wish Kevin Durant was born at the same time as LeBron. Yeah, they have more of a rivalry than LeBron. He would have a better rival. He would have a way more extreme rival if Kevin Durant was because Melo really Melo one of them dudes that's a great basketball player and he loved a game of basketball, but Melo loved his outside stuff too. Melo love Melo love life. Melo that's what we're gonna set it as. Melo loves life. Like he loves life. He loves hanging out. He like doing other stuff. KD is that dirty young boy from your neighborhood that go out there and hoop every day. And go get snacks, and then you see him at the court all day, every day. And I'd have loved to see that dude with LeBron as his like Larry Bird to Magic Johnson. I'd have loved to see that for a long time. Like that's the only thing I wish like that they could have been born in the same trajectory. Because I think they'd have pushed each other to new levels and lefts. Like wouldn't have been no load management. Wouldn't have been no I'm a chill. No nothing. Because KD would have been looking at that like, yo, I'm gonna be number one. It took KD like five years to realize like, yo, maybe I could be. The best dude in the league. Bron came in like, man, as soon as these old boys is out of here, it's mine. It's mine. KD was like, yo, Bron attainable. Then he worked. Remember that one season him and Bron worked out together mm-hmm. before the lockout? And that was the worst thing I think Bron could have did. Because KD was like, oh, he t- you could touch him? He real? Oh, all right. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I got you. And KD just became a different human being every time he played Brown. Like, yo, he playing different against Brown. Like, he used to be like a little bit scared of him. Right. But yeah, Brown definitely like his his yo. Hey, John, hold on. You ever really watched Brown in a playoff game? Of course. Like, do y'all realize how perfect you gotta be as a team to beat him? Is listen. He is the entire season preparing for those moments. And, like, does he come up sh- short sometimes? His team does. 
<laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> oh, that's ugly. That's ugly. That's not cool. I hate when people. No, like that's keeping it real. Like sometimes it's like that's not keeping it real. That's not keeping it real. Don't do that. Because at the end of the day, he puts his he puts his team in positions to come up short. Because he's controlling the ball. He's controlling every dynamic of that game. He's playing. He playing Monopoly with that basketball in his hand. So he putting them dudes in position to not to to drop the ball film. He put he controlling that thing. Like you control that rock, bro. Don't nobody else touch that rock but you. So don't get mad when you drop it in somebody's lap and they miss. That's a fact. I think that I think that if you're doing the like if this is NBA Live '97 and you're creating a player and you got the attributes, LeBron has the I'm a part of the team attribute, which makes everybody want to play with him. And I think that Jordan had the I'm scaring, I'm gonna scare you into doing exactly what you need to do on the floor. All right, let's let's, let's be real about that. Um, dudes couldn't play with Jordan because Jordan played for Chicago and his owner didn't want to spend money on the players on that team, let alone players outside of that team. Because if he was willing to spend money, Jordan probably wouldn't have even got to that team because they were supposed to trade Jordan for Dr. J. And he's like, I'm not paying no Dr. J. <laughs> no, no, what, I'm saying, what I'm saying is the guys, the guys in Chicago, like all the guys that came in and left, like the Scott Williams, the Luke Longleys, and all those guys, like Jordan had that I'm, I'm literally going to scare the hell out of you in practice so that you don't want to mess up. And it worked on the floor. It worked. Like I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it at all. It worked for MJ. He got six rings, never lost in a chip. You named dudes that needed to be scared on the floor, though. That's my point. That's my point. I'm saying, like, that's my point. I'm saying LeBron doesn't have LeBron doesn't do that. That's man. the. That's he don't the got to because he got Hall of Famers with him at every position most of the time. Hey, Brian ain't never win with a bad team. He ain't never win with some stink stink. He ain't never look over and say, "Yo, this boy ain't got it. We gonna win." He ain't never had to do that. I got Curry. Curry, go take that pill. Go do what you do. I'm gonna come here, block some shots, pass it to you, and I'm gonna get out. way oh, you know, top five shooting guard all time. Go score that bucket. Chris Bosh, oh yeah, one of the best utility men all time. Hit that three ball. Ray Allen, best shooter all time. Hit that trade ball for me. He ain't never had to win when the chips is down. He ain't never had to carry that. He ain't got, anytime the chips is down and Brown lose, we say, man, he wasn't supposed to win anyway. We give him that every time. We give him that every time. So if we if we we push the we push the needle and push the thing for one player, and then on another side we say, oh, his competition wasn't good enough. No, maybe he just elevated himself to push that competition further and further away from him. Cause them teams was building teams to beat him. New York Knicks flipped their roster around five or six times to beat this dude. They flipped shooting guards, positions. Every team found a six six. 215 guy to guard him. Every year, Cleveland Cavaliers had a new Jordan stopper. Craig Elo, I'm the Jordan stopper. Gerald Wallace, I'm the Jordan stopper. Nah, you ain't no Jordan stopper, bro. You ain't got nothing for me. But we have seen teams stack the deck on LeBron, and they just take that reign and that mantle from him. For you, where did the – what's your first super team? Michael Jordan Bulls, 96, 97. You mentioned – Are you going historically speaking or, or what I watched? I'm saying you're talking about like LeBron stacking the deck. I'm asking you just out of curiosity. Like for you, what's the first like, yo, this is the team that stacked the deck to win? Historically or like what I watched? That, you, that you've seen. First team I've seen that stacked the deck was Houston Rockets when they had 
Akeem Olajuwon, Charles Barkley, uh, Scottie Pippen, and they had Clyde Drexler on their team. That was the first team I've experienced that stacked the deck. And they had this light skin dude. They just never could get the right point guard. They had Matt Maloney playing point guard and this Ooh. other black dude that played point guard. He was talking all crazy. He came from the CBA. He was like, now it's on. And they lost to John Stockton. Get him out of here. Come on. Sit y'all down. Go home. You guard Charles Bradley. You don't like guard and pick and roll. Come on. We're going to put you in pick and roll all game. John Stockton. Right. You know John Stockton missed nine games his whole career. Yes, and that's why I had to show somebody. I had to put that in somebody's DM because they was talking all this Chris Paul stuff, and they told me John Stockton couldn't play today. And I said, "Bro, you think with Drew Handling and Stockton not the hill to die on the players that can and cannot play today? John Stockton is not that hill to die. They always go to him. That's the first one they go to every time. Right, because he's white, but he's not the one. Like John Stockton, Larry Bird, they not really white. Like they like clear. Let's put like let's let's put like this. We're gonna be real. Like we're gonna be, I'm gonna give you a history lesson right now. TJ McConnell plays in the NBA right now, bro, and gets minutes. Raul Nito gets minutes. Ricky Rubio gets minutes. John Stockton better than all them, bro. I don't come on. Even having to tell people that is like nasty to me. Kevin Love Kevin Love flourishes in today's it was at one point Kevin Love was elite. So Larry Bird couldn't be elite. Like look at the guards, look at the guards when John Stockton played. Bro. And and you can hand check. Like, they're not shabby. Like, the guard. All right, so guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Now, John Stockton, who was one of the few people that dribbled in front of your face with no crap, one of the few players that did that. Now, I got all creativity to put the ball in front of your face and you can't touch me and I could go for 50 with no free throws. I think we all, I think we all in agreement on historic shit. They be getting a little loose these days with, with, with some of the shit they be saying. Because they're trying to kill history, bro. Because they're trying to create a rhetoric. They're trying to create a rhetoric of a goat. When it's it's in black and white that this man lead the league all time in fucking steals and, and assists. When you're trying to create a fade that, like you gotta play the game to do that. Like you when you're trying to create a rhetoric of a goat and an all-time player of better than any era ever, you have to create his era and make his era the greatest ever. Right. All right, so, look, man. We've been, we've been going on for a while, NBA. I want to table the NBA discussion. I want to wrap up real fast and give uh, some flowers out. I definitely want to give flowers out to Naomi Osaka, who uh, defeated Serena Williams in the Australian Open final to win her fourth Grand Slam at only 23 years old. That young woman is amazing, and she needs to be recognized on the highest of levels in, uh, at her sport, at her craft. Um, I even delved in and did a little bit more on her, reading her, uh, her story. And her dad pretty much mirrored the, the Williams sister's story. Wow. It's crazy, man. She was born in Japan when her dad was out there as a college student. Her mom is Japanese. Uh, for political reasons, of course, they take the last name Osaka, but her mom and her dad is together. You know what I mean? And they also made the decision that she was going to play nationally for Japan. They said because she grew up there and that's where her heritage is and that's what she knows. But a lot of people say it's because America didn't, didn't jump on pipe until she got hot. <laughs> that's how they roll. How they rolled till she was like 16 and she was already who she was. They was like, Yeah, man, we want you to come. And she was like, ah, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? But um, outside of tennis, I just really love the way she carried herself. Uh, she in a relationship with one of my favorite young artists, uh, Corday, formerly known as YBN Corday. Um, mm -hmm. and I just really like the way that she carried herself. But she won that Australia Open and she beat one of the goats, one of her mentors. And I just think that that deserves kudos. I want to give her a recognition while I got this microphone in front of me, man. So definitely big, big, big shout out to Naomi Osaka. And keep doing doing what you're doing, man. Um, is that a passing of the torch, you think? I think. 
I think. And it's funny because I also brought this up in the last episode, but Serena's name has definitely been coming up recently because people have been talking about overall GOAT. And when you kind of look at Serena's resume, it's like, why y'all talking about an overall GOAT? I thought we already had this shit figured out. Like, yeah, yeah I think. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not here to complain or go against Serena. I'm like, uh, yeah, my bad. We was we got a little ahead of ourselves. This wasn't even a conversation. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I just think I just think we had to um that girl like I, I I haven't watched tennis. I'm gonna be honest, like I don't I haven't watched a true tennis since Pete Sampras. Mm-hmm. And um I watched like the peak ninety era. Born and Steffi Graf and Monica <laughs> Sellers. I haven't really watched. I stay in tune because I, I see the clippings and stuff like that. And I think that was peak tennis as far as marketing. Agassi, Peter Bourne and all them dudes like that. They had like 10 or 12 dudes that was like really big. And I don't even know who's on the men's side of tennis anymore. I just know women now. We had Steffi Graf, Monica Sellers, all them people. We like the, Serena and Naomi. It don't matter who on the men's side right now, bro. We yeah. with, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yo, that's crazy. It, 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 who wants to watch men play tennis anyway? It, it was kind of creepy. John, <laughs> <laughs> any words for Naomi? Any uh, any any last words? Uh, I think it's incredible what she's doing. Like, she put the work in. It's showing. She's winning matches. Um, it was. We go back to I don't know if you saw the uh, the interview or the press conference with Serena lost. Like they really was trying to get the waterworks to go, and like they were successful at that. She said, "I'm done." It sounded like it was a, "I'm done with the interview." They tried to turn it into a I'm "Oh, she just retired." And it's like, yo, I just took a L. I trained for this. I miss my family. Like I mean, like this thing that you as a human being would go through. Um, not necessarily identifying it or realizing it because she's one of the greatest women. She's one of the greatest tennis players of all time. Now. Like, she experienced this too. Um, it would be nice to see Serena keep it going. I just don't know if she can get past her, what she's created. And that got to be tough. Like that got to be tough to realize. Like on one hand, I'm super happy for this young woman and what she's done. I'm proud that I can have contributed to it. But on the other hand, damn, if I <laughs> it's my fault that I can't that I can't get by her at this point, they gotta be a catch twenty two to, to deal with. So um it'll be interesting to see it play out. Got it. All right, gentlemen. I appreciate y'all for coming on the full, 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 chopping it up with me, man. Heavy Sixers talk, heavy NBA talk. Um Last thing I just need y'all to do is just tell the people where to find you, man. Scoot, Cousin John. No, Cousin John is an author. He got children's books out. Scoot is a comedian and also has the Check, uh, the Check Rock podcast out. Two content creators who I really, really, really expect, uh, respect and admire. Um, so, yeah, let, let everybody know. Uh, we start with you, John. Let everybody know where they can find you. And then, Scoot, let everybody know where they can find you. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, on Instagram, underscore Chase Books. Uh, you want to buy a book out of young, young, my books are written for children, like from infant through age seven. The idea is just to show them African-American characters and books. You see people that look like you experiencing life the way you do, you'll be more interested in reading. So, uh, go to chasebooks.com. You could, you could pick up a copy there. I'm buying a book tomorrow. No, oh, appreciate Not buying from you. Cause I don't like how USPS be moving. Like, can I come link up and come buy it from you? Listen, like, you in Philly, we can make that happen. Like, I'll, right, I'll, I'll come to Philly. Philly. <laughs> 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 All right, bet. <laughs> well, you got, you got, you sold one. 
because I just got an infant. I just had a newborn. Yo, Go ahead, tell them where they can find you, man. You can find me on all platforms and all forums, aside for OnlyFans, at Scooter Comedy. <laughs> One place you ain't gonna find me as OnlyFans. <laughs> but at Scooter Comedy on everything, that is that easy. Xbox, PlayStation, 2K, you know, um, okay. anything. Okay, you throwing, I mean, let them, let them know you active, huh? You active on the sticks. Yeah, I'm always around, man. You know, the bets could come through cash apps. <laughs> but ask for the comedy around everything. And also check out my podcast. Just type in a Check Rock Podcast on there. And we cover topics every week on basketball, period. We do all over college, high school, and all over basketball. I'm just, I'm an NBA freak. I don't keep it real with you, man. I watch yeah. ball all day. Definitely check out the Check Rock podcast, man. He got some aficionados on there. He's an aficionado himself. I wouldn't steer you wrong. It's all good talk. It's all real talk. None of that just, we just want to talk to be heard stuff. Like like I said, I've known Scoot for a long time now. I've seen him on the basketball circuit. When I was uptown tone, the rapper, Scoot uh, hosted one of my shows. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is... This Tone had some heavy hitters on there. I didn't even know who none of them people was. And then I was like, hold on, dude, or what? Or a battle rap right. show? Right. I'm like, what the heck? Hey. Hey, you had some people on there, Tone. Right. And you already know, man. Cousin John, you can see Cousin John with me all the time on everything that I do, man, because I just respect his opinion and everything, everything that he does, what he puts forth, and just the person that he is, man. And, and that's all I that's all I care about on the 444 is it's keeping that integrity and keeping good talk, man. So y'all brothers, man, I really appreciate y'all. Uh Definitely come back. You're welcome anytime. Listeners, you already know what it is. Uptown Tone, you know where to find me at. COVID Chronicles Podcast, 444 Podcast. Check me out on all streaming platforms. I even got this new thing going called Streets is Talking with Cousin Kyle. So everybody you see me with is family. We're going to keep this thing going. We content creators pushing into the 21st century. We love y'all. We'll see y'all next episode. Peace.